This is Hatch Design Talks, where we sit down with design leaders and public speakers who will be featuring the Hatch Conference on September the 8th. I'm Damian, founder and curator of Hatch, and today I'm speaking to Melinda Jacobs. She's a gamification expert, and she's been working on the field and speaking at conferences for over 10 years. She's founded and is now CEO of Perkio, a company tackling culture and well-being inside organizations. Our chat hits on topics like ethics and responsibility when creating engagement, the things UX needs to learn from gaming, and how storytelling can be what makes or breaks your product today. Enjoy. Hi, Melinda. Thanks so much uh, for joining us, for joining me. I'm just by myself here. Yeah, um, so um, my name is Damian. For those who don't know me, uh, here's Melinda Jacobs. She's an expert in gamification and UX. And she does a bunch of things, actually. She's now CEO of her own company. Uh, and she's here to tell us a little bit of what she does, what she's going to be talking about at Hatch this September 8th. And yeah, uh, why don't you start telling people a little bit about you and what you do? Yeah, my name's Melinda. I've been working in gamification for over 10 years now. I started off in academia at how game environments affect people's sense of community or psychology or social behaviors. And from there, got more into the industry where I thought, hey, games are really good at engaging people. Maybe business platforms should do the same as well. <laughs> And how have you seen that uh, recognition for engagement or this desire for engagement changed in the last few years? Because um, to me, you know, as a, as a UX designer, there's been many projects that I've been sort of told on like, hey, let's add gamification to this, right? Let's make it gamified and something like that. And at one point there was, you know, I remember towards the end of the 2010s, there was this mandate to be like, it has to be addictive and, you know, people want to spend more time and whatever. And suddenly we slowly realize, hey, it's actually not great that people want to spend so much time behind the screen. Let's be a little, a little more ethical about it. So how's, how's that changed? Yeah, whenever we're building a product or an experience, we want people to like it and we want people to use it. But I think what happened over time is indeed that metric of daily engagement became sort of the focal point of what you're designing an experience to do. And ultimately, that's not really why we're building products. We're not building them to get people on their phone every day. We're building them because they're supposed to engage with us or add to our daily lives in a certain aspect or solve a problem in the most ideal sense, or maybe provide entertainment, also true. But I think we've become much more aware of the fact that we're not designing good experiences if we're simply trying to get people on every day rather than really understanding the habits or the behavior change or the real engagement that's going to provide value for both sides, for both for the business, but also for the person using it. And I think we're understanding that it's not even just about ethics, even though it should be, but that it's also just about quality and success of the business. If you just want daily engagement, your app's not going to succeed in the long run. But if you build something that makes sense to people and really provides value, it's going to go much better for you and also be much more ethical. <laughs> Absolutely. And and where do you see that, that games somehow do that better so far? That games have created this engagement without that creating directly addiction or something like this? Some have, some haven't. Just like any industry, there are definitely some games that are designed around getting people to log on frequently as a mechanic. Um, but I think some of the best games are the ones of which, you know, their their mechanics make sense with their storytelling. You know, every product wants visibility. Every game wants people to engage and play with it, ideally also on the long term. But it's like when a mechanic makes sense for the storytelling, you know, like think of Pokemon Go. 
uh, it's not just the goal of that app to get people to walk. And it's not just the goal of the app to purely get people to log on daily. It's to try to really involve people in a story of which spread out events over time makes sense. There's a lot of things going on in the world about exploring and finding things. And so I think in those cases, you know, good games and ethical games are just not trying to get you on every single day, but providing enough content for varied play times. And there's not too much of a penalty if you haven't played necessarily. You might not get the same bonus, but you're also, it's not just purely to log on and do something, even though, again, some games do do that. And is there a way to rethink a product in the gamification aspect once it's already live and once it's already there, or does it always have to come from the very start? It's definitely easier the earlier on you think about the way, the fact that to then maybe give a definition for games is games are really well-designed systems. And so if you think about that in terms of any other products, if you think about your system from the beginning, it's going to be much easier to build on it. Even if you change it, you know what you started with. A lot of times I see projects of which, yes, there's a lot of features, a lot of functionality, but no one thought about it in that system way. So you can always pause and then try to map out the system. It just sometimes means you're going to have to maybe make some very difficult decisions, or it may feel like a lot of time has been wasted on building features that don't make sense. So I think it forces people to be much more open-minded to killing their darlings in a way than if you do it at the beginning. So it's it's not so much it, it can't be done. It's just it's always better to do it earlier because you will have saved yourself a lot of headache and a lot of time in building things that maybe don't make sense or don't complete the system in its entirety. And is gamification somewhat compatible to our current methods of user testing? Is there a way to do testing on the gamification aspects of a product? Yeah, it's, I mean, testing is, is testing at the end of the day. You have different, even in games industry, as you know, you have play testing, and that is a big part of game design, which I think it's good. We, we have that also uh, in more business applications. But it's knowing what you need to test for and recognizing also that, yes, you can test a functionality. You can test if it's what you intended it to do. But until it gets into the hands of a real person, you just don't know how they're going to use it because people will always find crazy ways to do things. They will find an application or a loophole that you never thought of. And that's why I think in testing, one thing we can also learn from the games industry is get it in the hands of real people to test it. Right. And you mentioned before kind of this metrics that it feels like when one is testing for engagement, it has to do with how many hours have you spent on this? And, and we're, we're saying that this is not the case anymore. But what would be those, those emotional metrics or what would be the things to look out for to see whether something that we're doing in our product is actually driving like a healthy kind of engagement? I mean, a lot of it comes down from defining what your goals are as a company, what's really important for people to be completing. And then we can use that as a healthy indicator for whether or not it's being successful. I do think that there's other, depending on each situation, you can also look at it from an ethical perspective, like maybe trying to minimize the amount of time somebody needs to complete something on the app rather than maximize. But I think it's not necessarily you can just say this is ethical or this isn't by one single KPI. It's more involving it in your design process and making yourself accountable and allowing peers to review that process. And then just still sticking, though, with the normal metrics that would make sense for your, again, like how many videos are watched or how many comments are left, how many actions completed, because those still will tell you if you're being successful with what you set out to do. Are there any specific design processes or are there any add-ons to existing design processes that 
you would recommend or that people use to actually add this other layer to it? I mean, there's not enough time in this talk, of course, today, but, you know, to look into system design and making system design really a part of your central concepting process. You know, ethics is not just a checklist, you know, our design process is also not just a checklist and it's a discussion. And that's why it's so hard sometimes to say, here's exactly how to design something well or engaging or ethical. But what you can do is you can use tools that give you the language to talk about your product to talk about your objective, to talk about your goals and the discussions you should be having on, okay, who are we, who's really being benefited by this feature we're proposing? Okay, are we really considering the impact it has on someone else? When you make changes, that will be much more effective than trying to just run through a checklist or set up a certain methodology because you just need to make sure that you've uncovered everything yourself and give yourself the ability to talk about it and that's why I like system design methodologies is it forces you to really define how everything works together. You're now a CEO of Perkia, your own company. How has that, that transition been and have you transitioned to maybe a slightly different role, but still trying to have this in your product team from the start? Yeah, definitely. It's always an adventure to, to go into startup life. Um, I've done some C-suite positions in the past to help other startups kick off. So uh, I'm a little bit familiar, but it's it's always different when it's your own baby. Again, it's, it's you know, you, you make the same mistakes you tell everyone else not to make. And uh, uh, it's definitely been an adventure in that way. But one of the things that we do do is we do always have these discussions on why we've implemented something. For example, we collect data from employees anonymously on how they're feeling to help create a conversation between everyone in the company on how things are going. We call it the well-being stand-up. And one of the big things that we did during that is we said, okay, what's really the most essential data? How can we be transparent about what happens to that data? How can we protect the people sharing that data? How can we ensure also that it's really, truly anonymous, that somebody can't figure it out just because of the timestamps or something like that? And so I think that that's, you know, how even in a small team, you can start to implement these things um, from an early stage because it doesn't have to cost tons of money or have huge quantities of consultation or that you have to have a flawless framework. It's just be honest and discuss. And if you get it wrong, fix it. You know, if someone says, hey, we don't get why you're asking this, take that into consideration, discuss and reflect on it and make the change if it's necessary. Yeah, maybe as some context, maybe you can tell people what Perkyo actually does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no. So at Perkyo, what we do is we help companies and organizations talk with people about what culture is. And a lot of times when um, companies are looking at what their culture actually is, they really struggle to define. It. And unfortunately, but also fortunately, culture is one of the biggest impactors on employee well-being. And so even though it's great, you know, that there are companies out there giving therapy or that they're giving um, mindfulness or yoga or sports, you know, these are all very important in creating a good environment for people. Really, at the end of the day, the biggest thing for them at work is culture. Great. A lot of what we're doing at, at, at Hatch has to do with leadership. So it's, it's very interesting to have someone like you and some other actually like designer founders that are there. Do you believe we as designers, when we start, something as a company or, or, or project, we have a slightly different approach to other people. What's your experience in how we handle not leadership just from the design team leadership, but actually from a perspective of a full company? I, you know, I think it 
doesn't even sometimes come down to role necessarily or expertise or background. I mean, we realize we're facilitators as managers and as leaders, you know, as designers, we may have an edge in sometimes thinking about it that way because we do have to work so collaboratively. We are dealing with people all the time. And I think that that does sometimes give us uh, an advantage maybe in approaching management and leadership that we do realize, hmm, okay, we're not going to get this right maybe the first time. It's iterative and people are people at the end of the day. and it's like designing an experience. <laughs> Transitioning into your talk at Hatch uh, called It's Danger of Gaming the System, Gamification, Ethics and Storytelling. Can you tell us a little bit about what's going to be about and what's your goal for, for the people going there to come out of with? Well, what I'm, I'm hoping everyone's going to get to take away is exactly like what we talked about at the beginning of how do we discuss design in a way that allows us to think about these ethical implications or to be able to actually understand what we're doing and what behavior change we're trying to do and how to design a better product ultimately. And by understanding again, that the magic of games isn't in leaderboards or badges, like yes, these things can work very well, but they're communication tools for games to help people understand them better and navigate them. And games are complex systems that need these tools to help people learn about them without having to read a manual. And if we can apply that again in, you know, the way we look at UX, the way we design products, that, that we start getting to that core of our products, our systems too, you know, systems are everywhere in the world around us, we're going to be much more successful as designers and also give ourselves the tools to be able to talk to stakeholders or to be able to talk about ethics and really feel like we can at least be as confident as possible that we're trying to, uh, you know, achieve our goals while still also doing the right thing and not just trying to get people on the app every day for, for no reason, which, again, contributes to sort of an unhealthy, unwell world, ultimately. Yeah, I love that. I love that about being about more than leaderboards and, and badges, which is like just like what, what, what most people think at the moment that someone says gamification. But I, I totally agree with you. And, and I think the aspect of storytelling is super important because we're now at a point where a little bit everything's been done and, and we're actually trying to put out new things into the world and, and how, we, how we tell those stories and how we do it. It's really the differentiating factor. It's not anymore about the UI or even the technology power because we're at this level where everything is level and someone with, with very low tech power can really create something very big. But we're trying to look for real value behind this online and digital experiences. And, and I totally agree that, that storytelling is one of those core items there. So I would, I would encourage everyone who was interested in the topic to, to watch the talk and not only uh, people attending, but it's also going to be streamed on, online. I'm really excited to have you and um, yeah, I can't wait until September. Thanks so much for being with us again. You're also speaking about other conferences. So you wanna, do you want to give a shout out to where you're speaking next to? Um, uh, next, I'm speaking at the Affiliate Insider Conference. I'm giving a masterclass on gamification and how to use that also ethically a bit in your, in your programs to help people understand how to best yeah, refer people to your software or your program. Fantastic. All right. Thank you so much for being here. And uh, we see you in, in September. Sounds good. Thanks for having me. That was it. Remember, if you want to watch Melinda's talk, you can get a ticket for the online conference using the code Hatch Design Talks in our website. See you next time.